Welcome to Training Unleashed, the show that will help you design and deliver training that's off the chain and will make a difference. Now, here's your host, Cordell Riley. Hi, delighted to be with you. It's also my pleasure to welcome to the session Harry J. Friedman. Harry is an international consultant, speaker, all on the subject of retail sales, sales management. Harry founded the Friedman Group in 1980, if I'm correct. Harry, welcome to the session. Cornell, it's a pleasure to be here. Now, Harry, I know I did that real, real quick. Uh, certainly expound upon yourself and the Friedman Group so the audience gets a feel for yourself and your group and what you guys do. The Friedman Group, uh, I started in 1980 for the purpose of... Uh, sharing my ideas of uh, productivity improvement on the selling floor. Uh, that evolved into um, the understanding that it was management that was probably the weak link that was causing, oh, a lack of uh, sustained uh, performance at a higher level. So we explored that deeply uh, throughout the 80s and uh, wrote, and published and give seminars on uh, our retail management concepts, which are used by more retailers than anybody in the world. And then we explored, uh, in the 90s, we explored district management and senior management and high accountability. So we've been blessed with, uh, uh, we have offices in 12 countries around the world, and we've trained over a million people, and uh, we're kind of lucky, but we've got good stuff. Harry, you mentioned training over a million people. So you've obviously been in training for quite some time, and you've obviously had the pleasure of working with a lot of different organizations. I'd love to just kind of get your perspective on the importance of training inside of an organization. I mean, you look at what businesses talk about, getting to the next level, changing and doing things. How important do you feel training is inside of an organization? Well, Cordell, you already know the answer to this. <laughs> but, you know, if, if inherently people have the awareness to do the right thing, in service industries, I suppose it'd be fair enough. I mean, that you get a sense of doing the right thing and you do the right thing. However, when we look at technical training or product knowledge-based training or skill-based training, it becomes a completely different issue. So yeah. I don't see them as similar. I see them as completely different. And um, certainly in a skill-based training and, and that those kinds of businesses – I, I don't know how you would exist without it. Um, yeah. How it's done is a whole other story, uh, but it's essential. I mean, it's, it's part of the DNA of, of how you get your people to behave the way you need them to behave. Not classical, theoretical textbook stuff, but how yeah. your company wants to process, uh, whether it's in manufacturing or, you know, paperwork or whatever you're doing, you've got to do it the way you want to do it. And yeah. unfortunately, even a degree in any particular industry, such as accounting or being an attorney, doesn't account for how the owner of that organization or CEO wants their people to behave. You know, and we often refer to that as culture, don't we, in, in so many different ways. Yeah. And if you think of Disney's culture or IBM's culture, if you go back to even look at uh, Ford Motor Company versus Chevrolet. And I've been blessed to be at both of their headquarters over the years. And you might as well be on a different planet. Uh, yeah. The people are different. The way they behave is different. And yet many of the jobs are very similar, if not identical. 
Yeah. Do you think most business leaders are looking at it as one of their key metrics, key items that's going to help move their business forward? Of course not. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, listen, it's a matter of, sometimes it's a matter of how the company started. You know, if if you look at the Nordstrom brothers back in Seattle in the late 1800s, early 1900s, you know, that made, They'd sold shoes, and they had a particular idea of how they wanted to do it. And now, today, it's Nordstrom, right? And Disney started with his, you know, little cartoon Mickey Mouse thing. But um, what a culture, right? It's just unbelievable. Our McDonald's culture, they started this way. I'll tell you, the biggest challenge on the planet is retro, you know, retro work. Getting, you know, changes done, change management. Oh, my, it's, well, it's kind of fun. It's kept me in business for over 30 years. (laughs) We're so glad you're listening to this episode of Training Unleashed, brought to you by Tortal Training. The difference between Tortal Training and other online training companies is we're primarily a training company with technology rather than a technology company that does training. Want to find out more? Just go to tortle.net. That's T-O-R-T-A-L, tortle.net. So you mentioned culture several, several times. You mentioned, yeah. mentioned retro in the culture. Yeah. And think about our audience here. So, I mean, if we got these training people that are trying to say, okay, I want to do a better job. I'm trying to obviously enhance my skills as a trainer inside the organization, but I got some culture things I, I have to work on. Any tips, any words of wisdom that you would share with the audience as it, as it relates to this? Well, I've been working with uh, training people for, you know, over 30 years. So, uh, and we have served many multinational companies and very big national companies that have training departments and sub-departments and sub-sub-departments and so <laughs> forth. And I find that the, uh, I, there's often mis- guided visions or chain of command. You know, training is not an operational position. And yet in retail, they've made it as such. So we don't like when we're about to work on cultural change within an organization, the last people we want to talk to is the training department. And I'll tell you, it's because they don't have the horsepower, the authority, or the operational will to change anything. So mm-hmm. if we get back to your original question, I would say that the, the, the most important mandate is for the training department to really be partners with the tactical or operational side in such a way that they're not, they're not protecting their own turf. And this yeah. happens so often that it's, oh my God, it wears me out. I mean, really, I mean, you understand, I'm a retail guy, right? But my customers are not, my customers are, it's B2B. So it's not as if I don't understand B2B. I mean, I've I've written courses on B2B. So that's not an issue. But, I mean, in the end, you want Johnny going up to a customer, thrilling him to death, smiling, you know, like crazy, and making the deal, right? And then adding on. It's not more complicated than that. But the laws and the rules and the, you know, the flat out garbage that goes on to forget A to B 
we're on a we're on the acrylic system. <laughs> you can't even figure out what the letters are, you know. Yeah. So you can't fire anybody. Blah blah blah. Well, anyway, um, <laughs> I, I I would hope that trainers would fight to be better partners with the operational tactical tactical side. That's that's the global advice. I mean that that's for sure. And if you want to talk about training itself, we can talk about that anytime you want. But I see that as the biggest problem is that training department is usually the enemy of everybody yeah, for no really yeah. good reason. Yeah, you know, and that's a great point. One of the things that uh, Training Magazine came out with, they came out with that, their top five trends in training for 2015. And one of they talked about was aligning training with business goals, not just training for the sake of training, but really align with those business goals and moving it forward. So great point that you talked about there. Zephyr, I, I got to beg you to stop reading magazines like that. It just takes you <laughs> further from the truth. Uh, it's platitudes. I mean, at the yeah. end of the day, it's an operational game, isn't it, really? It's about execution. It's not about defending your job. Mm-hmm. And coming up with all sorts of new processes and ideas when it's just sitting in front of you to defend yeah. your job. Now, the operational guys have to understand that they just want results and get off the back of training and let them do their job, right? So it is a partnership. It's just so far away from the truth. What is the truth then, Harry? What is the truth? The truth is we've lost sight of the goal. The, the, the goal is the behavior that we are the set of behaviors that we want, right? Oftentimes we have process, right, that gets us to that behavioral change, yeah. right? Yeah. Training companies supposedly have better process. Otherwise, why would you hire them? I mean, the Friedman Group has process. We have our methodology of getting Johnny as a rookie or newbie or even a veteran to behave a different way. Yeah. But we're also very interested in time limits. <laughs> so we need willing participants. Training departments are patient. Uh, they're not only patient, but everybody's patient in the political world. And um, I'm not that patient. Uh, I want performance. And I, I pay for it, so I want it. And, <laughs> um, yeah, that's the game, isn't it? I give you yeah. money to do what I want you to do. Yeah. Not what you want to do, but what I want you to do. And I start with that premise. And that separates about half of my potential clients. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> they're not willing to play that game. We're, yeah. we're known as pretty tough guys. But in the end, we get higher performance than any other company that's ever existed in, in our world. Higher performance than any other company that's existed. What does that mean, Harry? Just go a little bit deeper now. What does the highest performance mean? We look at two things that are essential. Number one, you know, you got to give them sales increases. Otherwise, they can't defend, you know, it just makes them feel better. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, we all like sales increases. But what I'm more interested in is setting up the infrastructure and the processes to maintain it. That's, That's what I'm interested in. The only way that occurs is through cultural change. And let me give you an example. And, and Cordell, we could use this in any industry you want. We could use it in manufacturing. We could use it in service businesses, whatever. Let's say I'm talking to a jeweler. And I ask them, are you a jewelry store that makes sales? Or are you a sales company that sells jewelry? And I'm only yeah. interested in one answer. Yeah. You better be a sales company that sells jewelry. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, you can't always buy right. 
Training Unleashed is brought to you by Tortal Training, specializing in e-learning and interactive online training solutions for corporate, government, nonprofit, and franchise organizations. Tortal makes effective training easier. Just go to tortal.net to gain access to real-world tools that can make a difference. That's tortal.net. T-O-R-T-A-L. Tortal.net. Harry, I want to go back to something. You, you kind of touched on this about sustainable, doing things so that they're sustainable, people get results. I'm gonna, I, when I was looking at your bio, I'm just going to read this. I think it's relevant for our audience. You kind of touched on it. But when you're talking about it, it says never a matter of just disseminating information. It's always about transform the culture so that it's sustainable. So that it's sustainable is getting those results out there. Again, talk to our audience, Harry. So if I'm getting ready to build training inside of my group for whatever it might be, it's not just about disseminating that information. I want to make sure I'm going to do something that's sustainable and going to help get those results. How do I go about doing that as a trainer inside of my organization? Uh, I'm not interested in training for training's sake. I mean, what, what, why? I mean, you know, I mean, there's no goal in training. I mean, there's only the job itself and the ability of an individual to execute that job. That's, that's it. I mean, training is just a link between this guy knowing nothing and then being able to do what you want him to do, right? That's the link. But in order to sustain our jobs, sometimes we teach this guy about 800 things that he doesn't need to know. So, I had a client in the kitchen and bath business. I still do. He's a dear friend of mine. And we were talking about refrigerators. (laughs) Somebody's got to sell them. Yeah. I said, you must apply my theory of 10. And he says, what's your theory of 10? And I said, there's no chance in the world that a customer would ever ask more than 10 questions about a refrigerator. (laughs) (laughs) Think about it. But you'll sit yeah. there right now. You're going to go, oh, I got 11. Okay, you know, sue me. But it's 10. Yeah. And, and I've got this theory of 10. And when we're done teaching him product knowledge, we've given him 675, yeah. of which he remembers none. <laughs> can execute. You know what I mean? Can execute. Yeah. So trainers, again, in the defense of their job, in the thickness of the manual, because the thickness of the manual equates to how good you're doing your job, <laughs> you know, it's, big, it's, big man, yeah. it's, yeah, no, I got the thickest in the industry. Don't, don't, <laughs> don't get yourself, <laughs> yeah. you know, value. Um, I, I want to keep it. I want to eliminate the garbage that we don't need to teach the guy. Yeah. And then hold him so accountable for the stuff that I do that eventually and drill him on it and drill him on it and drill him on it. We don't do that. We're terrible at drilling people. We feel so guilty about asking a guy three months later if he can still do what you taught him in the training class. We don't do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's ridiculous. I mean, doctors don't do it. Attorneys don't. Nobody, you know who does airline pilots, thank God, do it. Right? <laughs> they have to be certified. Right? Yeah. They, have, uh, they get constantly checked. It's called check rides with you know, FAA guys and everybody else to make sure, right? And what they're saying is we have all these people in your hands, right? And I said, well, why is that any different than business? We have all these customers in your hands and you can't answer simple questions and no one even knows that. Yeah. So I'm just going back to the simplest thoughts in the world with high accountability. So to heck with all the manuals 
give this guy the 10 question test on any subject and then ask it to him all the time. Yeah. And eventually he's going to know it. And when he knows it, he can use it. And when he uses it, he's on the team and he's never on the team until he can use it. Wow. So I heard get rid of the big manual, really focus on the things, the 10 questions that that person needs, drill them on. I like the term of drilling them on it, going back over and over again. So I heard that. You talked about holding them accountable, Harry. What does that mean, holding somebody accountable? So I've I got the things you really need. I've drilled you on it, and I'm going to hold you accountable. What does that okay. mean? So here it is. If it's a job, then it has a statistic. Yeah. If it's not a job, then it might not have a statistic. But jobs always have a statistic. So if you're an attorney, maybe the statistic is percentage of cases that you won, right? Yeah. And you want to hire a guy with a you know high batting average. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So each job, right, has statistics. And mm -hmm. we look at those statistics. We throw out all the garbage that managers want just because it give, keep, you know they have something to yell about, you know, which is ridiculous. Keep yeah. it simple. Keep it some KPIs, you know, you could call it whatever you want. You know, yeah. I'm not using training talk. I just, you know, want to sound good. I'm an SME, you know, I'm an SME. I know this stuff. Um, keep it simple and, yeah. and hold the guy accountable and have a culture that is ready to take disciplinary action at a high level, fast and hard. Hmm. Fast and hard. Now, that doesn't mean that I go around firing people. On the contrary, people want to work in a place where they're held accountable so they know yeah. how to win. People don't yeah. even know how to win, right? Yeah. And yeah. I don't give trophies to third place and ninth place like they do in Little League today. I don't do that. You either <laughs> won or you lost, baby. <laughs> no, no, you don't get a big trophy for taking last place. I'm, so, not sure you can, I'm not sure you can be a soccer coach now, Harry, in this day and in, in world that we live in. Uh, not going to be. Yeah, not gonna, yeah, yeah. No, I, I'd be fired too fast. Uh, uh, you want everybody to play, of course, but it's not important in those leagues at that age. Yeah. It's important to participate for sure. Yeah. But teaching them that you get a trophy for sixth place is a bad lesson because yeah. it just it carries through their life. And they're poor performers in their business life, but they want some sort of trophy. Yeah. I say, no, <laughs> we want to we want to help them find a career at an alternate place. Yeah. Anyway, I'm just I, 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 I'm sounding a little bit tough here, but I like high accountability, Cordell, in a big I, way. I hear you. And I agree with you, Eric. Holding people accountable, KPIs, linking back to what the business wants to do. Great. Point. That's it. Period. You yeah. know, and, and lots of fun. Fun. We haven't talked about it. Certainly you and I having fun, but talk, talk about fun, Harry. I think fun is key in an organization. I think it's key in training. Talk, what's, what's your perspective on fun in this whole scenario here? When I was, when I was running the Friedman Group back in the 90s, uh, my department managers had, yeah, I can't even believe I said it, it's called a warm fuzzy fund, right? Which is <laughs> kind of ridiculous because I, I wouldn't say words like that today. But yeah, the folks liked it. Um, I put in thousands of dollars into each department uh, every quarter, and I just said, give it away. Yeah. Uh, find a way. You know, make it fun. Take them all out. Go, you know, just do ridiculous things. And um, and there's a sense of bonding and, and teamwork and um, fellowship and, 
all that. You know, you spend more time with the people you work with than you do anybody else in your life. What are some of the biggest changes that you've seen in training from the 80s to where we are today? What are some of the biggest changes that you've seen? Well, there's only, I mean, everything stems from the, the Internet. I mean, it's changed everything uh, a, a thousand percent. I mean, I was the first guy, I was the very first guy on the planet to resist e-learning. <laughs> to resist it? Yes, I was the first guy. <laughs> well, do you, you know how much money it was going to cost me to change everything to e-learning? <laughs> now, of course, I adore it. Um, yeah. But I only adore it because uh, it, it, it makes it accessible at a low cost for so many people. I don't adore it for its its usefulness. Um, okay. However, I mean, that may or may not be true. There's lots of technical things and, and boring things that can be gone through quite easily that are not culture-driven, right? And I think e-learning is brilliant for that, without a doubt. I think it's just a minimum level of expectation that you can get out of e-learning, which is which is great, but but that's only part of it. When did you guys start uh, internet training or making it available via the internet and Freeman Group? Eight years ago. Eight years ago. In various forms, yeah. We may have even had uh, private channels with our training, uh, intranet setups and so forth, not not the public internet. You know, you could go online and actually buy our sales courses, online courses now, you know, uh, over the internet, you could do that, or any of our other, a lot of our other programs. Uh, but in, uh, before that, we, it, it certainly was available through the internet of, of, of bigger companies and so forth. But uh, right, we, we're, we're fairly new to the game, you know, eight, nine years, but we're good at it. Good, good. So, Harry, you mentioned the internet is one of the big, biggest changes. What have you seen as one of the biggest challenges in training right now? What have you seen one of the biggest challenges in training? I, I've said this to many, many clients, and I say it very respectfully with a smile on my face. So please, please look at the smile on my face. Uh, and, and I don't mean it, uh, but I, I, must, I must give you the real words that I use because they, they have impact, but they're not politically correct. I would say sometimes you just got to grab somebody by the neck and tr teach them how to sell. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. obviously, you know, yeah. you know, my God, you're not touching people and get it going to jail, and you know, I'm not talking about it. It's it's a it's a you know, <laughs> kind of a spiritual thing, you know. Just yeah. teach somebody something, you know what I mean? Look at them face to face, work with them side by side, and don't leave their side until that guy's as good as you. Just yeah. train him, right? Make sure that he knows how to do this stuff. Why why do why do people need so many managers if they're good at what they do? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a tough question. Yeah. You know? <laughs> oh, it's a great point, Harry. It's a great point. You know, I definitely and believe the internet that takes a little bit of, Cordell, the internet takes a little bit of that away. Yeah. You see, yeah. I mean, some of us test very, very well, right? So we can get through the end of chapter testing on the internet. Or, you, you know what I'm saying? It doesn't necessarily mean that you can actually do this stuff. So, so the goodness that, that provides us the opportunity to have it in even minute details in terms of training, right, just little yeah. tiny segmented things, which is really wonderful. Yeah. Um, and the problem, on the other hand, is that you don't know if the guy can do it, you know. I mean, we have content. Our website, we have content uh, management, you know, all that. You, you know, why, why would I want to print? policy and procedures manual and I can put all that stuff, you know what I mean, on 
an LMS and ask the guy four questions and, you know, and at least your liability is taken away. doesn't mean you can do anything. We're so glad you're listening to this episode of Training Unleashed, brought to you by Tortal Training. The difference between Tortal Training and other online training companies is we're primarily a training company with technology rather than a technology company that does training. Want to find out more? Just go to Tortal.net. That's T-O-R-T-A-L, Tortal.net. You mentioned as one of the challenges and one of the biggest issues associated with the Internet. I think finding that right balance of what is appropriate for online, what's appropriate for when you actually need to be with the person to your point and really make sure that they're getting those things. And finding that magic, I think, is what it really can you, get. It. You're exactly right. And I don't want anybody to think that I'm not a big fan of it. And you guys do. You guys are all over it. And, and in a big, beautiful, gorgeous, elegant way. Uh, I... I I wouldn't want to live without it. So am I a big fan of it? Absolutely. Do I think it's essential? A hundred percent. I just want to balance it with making sure that some human being says, did you really get it? <laughs> or did you kind of get it? Yeah, yeah. Do you, do you, I'm going to tell you the, uh, 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 tr- truth about me, and it's sad. But there was a time, Cordell, in my life that I could do an algebraic equation. Oh, my goodness. We're not going to do this on this phone call. You're not going to throw me no, a bus. What I'm saying is, did I learn it or did I just memorize it to get out of algebra? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not interested in employees that are just trying to pass the test. Yeah. I, I want people to be able to perform. So it's that combination of the e-learning and, uh, and the e-portals and all the things that you can provide, right, for resources for individuals to improve their game. I am the biggest fan in the world, and I've committed all a ton of resources to it in my company. Yeah. And um, in the end, I love it. Let's just balance it a little bit with some human saying, "Did you really get it?" And then I'm happy. <laughs> so, if you had to give some tips to this audience, how can they make their training more effective inside of the organization? I know we've talked about a lot of different things. What kind of tips would you want to leave this group with as they're going back and thinking about this today? I started writing uh, two words uh, back in the late 80s that have changed the way we train and certainly a lot of our customers' lives. And these are two words that uh, can change any trainer's life. And the two words are show me, right? So we believe that the training cycle is never complete until the trainee is able to show someone their competence in a step you know, a process or even a, a global, you know, a, a global training program. Show me has to be built in way more than it is currently in the things that I see. Um, and, uh, and it's bite-sized steps. So it's a little bit of this, show me. A little bit of this, show me. And if there's a faulty foundation, Cordell, in any of the guys training over here, then the building over here is on such unstable ground. Yeah. That it collapses so easily. So I think we've got to do things in a, in a gradient that people can accept. And, and we don't all learn at the same rate. Yeah. We just don't. Yeah. This is why e-learning is so great, because it's not the trainer's agenda. It's the individual's agenda, which is I think is uh, not really taken into account in training sessions. 
you know, we do a three-day management and sales and supervisors course we had for almost 30 years around the country, if not the world. Actually, we run them all over the world. And, you know, when my trainer's done at 5 o'clock, we're done for the day. Whether the trainee is done or not doesn't really matter. We're done. Yeah. And I think that's going on in the training world today. So show me some sort of flexibility in learning rates. Yeah, those are big things. Harry, thank you for this. This has been very, very helpful, very, very informative. Pleasure to be here. This has been Training Unleashed, but it doesn't stop here. Just go to trainingunleashed.net to subscribe to the show. That way, you'll never miss an episode, and you'll be well on your way to delivering training programs that are off the chain. We'll talk to you next time on Training Unleashed. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.